2: them.
0: Dr. Greg Hammer, welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, a life unscripted today. We're so grateful to have you here today. We are going to talk about a topic we've talked about, but never more important than it is today as we're ending out 2020 and going into 2021, and that is working remote and how to deal with burnout. Uh, Two things that are becoming paramount in this new age of after COVID, at least I hope it's post-COVID. Uh, that is the name of our new show, Life After COVID. Um, but I'm so grateful to have you share with us today. How are you?
1: I'm well. It's great to be with you.
0: Yeah. So share with me, you work at Stanford. Um, how did you get to um, focusing and helping people prevent burnout? How did that come across for you?
1: I've had a longstanding interest in, in wellness, in the broad sense of the word, in physical fitness, in uh, nutrition, which is my undergraduate degree. That is nutritional science. And uh, I do pediatric intensive care, among other things, and nutrition is a big part of my practice. It seems to be something that trainees these days don 't know enough about um, and uh, so, given my interest in wellness i 've been a long time meditator wow. and um, sort of had epiphany about ten years ago relating wow. to happiness and where to find it and Uh, I got involved in our Stanford WellMD program uh, shortly after its inception, about five years ago, and, you know, I got invited to give a talk at an international meeting on on physician wellness, and as burnout became a bigger item on the map of hospital administrators and the rest of us, I was invited to give talks about burnout and and what are its drivers and and how to mitigate or prevent it, and uh, then I had some sabbatical time, and, All the arrows were pointing in the direction of getting this message out to as broad an audience as possible. And so I decided to write my book, my first book. So it's been uh, sort of an intertwined number of, of, of factors that have gotten me to where I am today.
0: Yeah. And your first book being Gain Without Pain, the happiness handbook for healthy healthcare professionals, correct? That's right. Yeah. And I, I love this because I you know, I think more and more in modern day life, burnout has become ever more present in our everyday modern life. Now, what what's your perspective on why this is so? What has caused more burnout, I, I feel, at least in my perspective?
1: Burnout can be defined as emotional and physical psychic exhaustion mm-hmm. caused by stress. I think that might be uh, the simplest definition of burnout. And of course stress is something we all deal with chronically, and we can all learn to have less of it in our lives. But certainly since the pandemic began, there's an added thickening layer of stress, I would say, as we're dealing with so much uncertainty. And, um, you know, stress comes in part from internal factors, um, judging ourselves, for example, but it comes from concern about the future as well. And certainly now there's a great deal of unknown uh, regarding the future. When will the pandemic wind down? When, if ever, will we get back to some kind of semblance, semblance of normality? It may never be the same normality, but um, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of, of unknowns in our, in our lives and our thought processes. And that brings us to sort of a maladaptive consideration of the future where mm. fear and anxiety dwell And that, in fact, breeds stress and and therefore drives burnout.
0: You know, it's interesting. Uh, A lot of people I'm talking to, one thing that's become paramount, and there's been studies on it, and my my friends have confirmed it, who work in jobs and and work uh, with consulting clients and such say that now because of COVID, because I'm kind of trapped at home, I'm actually working more hours and not putting up those boundaries with family and work. Like they've kind of kind of inter-melded together where you're not putting the boundary like this is fun time, this is kid time, this is business time. It all kind of just melds together.
1: Absolutely. And, And that, you know, we can look at the drivers of burnout, whether it's in healthcare or in everybody's everyday life, especially with COVID, the drivers point to the solutions. Mm-hmm. So a driver certainly is not having a schedule, not having a distinction between family time, meal time, sleep time, work time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's a driver. And it also points to a solution. So I think one solution is to have a schedule,
3: Yeah,
1: have a regular bedtime, have a time we and our family get up in the morning as though we were going to work and going to school, mm-hmm. have meal times, have designated family times in the evening, um, and again, uh, get back to a reasonably regular bedtime. So I think having a schedule is one driver. Not having a schedule is a driver, I suppose. Having a schedule is part of the solution in terms of mitigating the unknown and stress associated with COVID
0: you know it's also interesting because for me one of the most difficult parts of the lockdown in when i was living in new york was really the separation of people because i'm a very much people person i love the show i get to connect with people in some fashion but for me i'm i'm very physical too i want to connect physically with people so for me a big stressor for me has been how to deal with not having that physical contact with all the people i was connecting with physically Back before COVID. Uh, What are some of your suggestions on people who might be like me, who kind of really, you know, love that connection?
1: Well, I think, um, you know, the A in uh, gain, the gain is actually an acronym for the four pillars of resilience and happiness. And the first one is gratitude. The second one is acceptance, and then intention, non-judgment. I think there are certain things Well, let me just back up a second and go to the G first. We'll start from the beginning. Um, Gratitude is something that is intrinsically linked to happiness. Mm. You can be deaf and happy. You can be blind and happy. You can be poor and happy, but you can't be ungrateful and happy. So gratitude is key. Mm. And for those of us who are really suffering during the time of COVID, let's just take a step back and Go back in time 100 or so years and look at the great influenza pandemic of 1918. Mm. There are actually some very moving YouTube videos online and lots of other information about that, that pandemic and its absolute cores. Uh, 50 million people perished worldwide, give or take a few million. We don't have exact numbers. But if your, your uh, listeners and watchers just tune in to some of the YouTube videos from that pandemic, you can easily see that medical care was far inferior to what it is today, access to fresh food, shelter, uh, ability to connect with people outside the home. People inside the home were dying and there were not enough wagons to pick up the bodies and places to bury the bodies. Mm -hmm. And so people had loved ones who had died in the house, they had to put in a room and wait days and days for the body to be retrieved you can just imagine the horror Mm -hmm. now if we fast forward to the present time we can really appreciate how much better we have it now so let's be grateful for what we have covid versus the influenza pandemic being one example and and not focus on what we don't have this is part of our negativity bias we tend to dwell on the negative and forget the positive yeah so let's catch ourselves doing just that and remind ourselves of all the the wonderful things in our lives for which we have to be grateful. So the A being acceptance, I think we do have to accept the fact, to your question, that we can't have the physical intimacy with our friends and loved ones that we have had in the past. Mm-hmm. However, we can be grateful for what we do have, and that's alternative ways for us to connect. So we may be physically isolated and not have that physical contact, but we, we do have the ability to be virtually tuned in. And kind of, again, dropping the negativity bias and putting a bit of a positive spin on it, I think that many of us have connected with people that we weren't really in touch with anymore or haven't been in touch with in a long time. And the ability to have Zoom and Skype and FaceTime, uh, again, not something our forebears had in 1918, yeah. is a real gift. and. I can tell you myself, for one, you know, I've I've reached out and connected to several people that I love dearly that I really haven't communicated with in more than five years. And so, you know, there is kind of a silver lining. Let's kind of appreciate the positive aspects and and uh, let the negative aspects go and just accept those negative things that we cannot change.
0: Yeah. I, I love that you focus on that because uh, one thing I remember a couple, I think probably the first month I was the most bummed and I was like, oh, this sucks. I can't connect with my friend, my family. But yeah, you're right. I started to realize that, hey, I'm not traveling two hours a day. That's kind of awesome. I got two extra hours to deal with. And and now there there's that stress of running to the train, getting dressed up. Now, one thing I have to say for me, I did dress up and put some makeup on in the morning because it gives you that sense of boundaries like okay this is work time and it helps you get in the groove of working where some of my coworker friends were like oh yeah I, I'm just sitting with my pajamas on like forget about it. If I'm here with my pajamas on I'm gonna go like no, no it ain't gonna work for me. But you're you're completely right. You know kind of focusing on some of the blessings we have that actually without this time frame of everything being so accessible internet-wise, we would be cut off from each other completely, which is totally fabulous, and things brought into us, like Amazon bringing food to us if we couldn't go to the store, which we didn't have in in the 1800s either.
1: No, I think that's going to be part of the new normal, at least for me, because...
0: You like it. You know,
1: I've discovered Amazon, and I know in the beginning of the pandemic, there were long wait times to get food delivered. Yeah. Excuse me. But... Also, I've discovered Costco, which has an expanding repertoire of organic food, where it's almost always possible to have food delivered within two hours. Wow. So, you know, I don't know if we pay a few bucks extra. We we hopefully tip the driver, and they need to live as well, so I'm happy to do that. Um, But, yes, there are elements that are probably welcome components of uh, maybe the new normal, and, and having good, healthy, organic food delivered to my doorstep practically on demand is one of them and yeah. you know i think that you know we have zoom so we've had many people be able to work period not just from home but able to work where if we did not have the internet and this sophisticated software that is you know i don't know how many years even zoom has been around but mm-hmm. you know video conferencing is relatively new you know within the last several years especially i think to the refinement level that it, where it is now. So again, you know, let's just embrace what we have and be really thankful for it. And and when we find ourselves dwelling in the negative and going to maladaptive thoughts, Mm -hmm. let's retool and reorient toward the positive. And this is not just woo woo, everything is rosy and we're going to be happy and we're going to kind of suppress negative thoughts. No, the A in gain Acceptance means we discern between those painful, uncomfortable elements
3: mm-hmm. that
1: we cannot change and those that we can change, mm-hmm. like the Serenity Prayer would have us be reminded. And those things that we can change, we decide what our priorities are. And if we can change them and we have the time and energy, we work on those. Those things we can't change,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we sit during our three to five minute morning gain meditation and really, as we're in touch with our breath, we go through our gratitude, we get to acceptance, and we actually visualize opening our chests and opening our hearts and bringing this pain and discomfort in, Mm
0: -hmm. bringing
1: it closer and closer until we really merge with it. And when we do that, we ask ourselves the question, can I live with this forever? And when the answer is yes, it's really not as bad as I thought Mm
3: -hmm. when I
1: was considering it as a remote thing I brought it in. I've merged with it. It's not that bad. I can live with this.
0: Yeah. Then
1: we have a, a level of peace. Then we can go to our intention.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: For example, with regard to the things that we can change, we can determine what should we really focus on. Mm-hmm. And one thing we can focus on is rewiring our brains.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Because we have developed, you know, I tell the story of from the newborn to infant, toddler, child, school age, teenage years, how we acquire patterns of thought. And, you know, I'm a pediatric practitioner. I I practice pediatric intensive care and pediatric Mm -hmm. anesthesiology. And I see kids of all ages every day. And we develop these ways of thinking, you know, we can appreciate teenagers are very Mm self-conscious. They're very focused on the negative. They're very self-judgmental and they judge other people too. They're always, as, as we are to some extent as adults, always comparing person A to person B or person B to myself and and I'm smarter than they are. They're better looking than I am. Uh, You know, this guy's a better athlete than that one. We're judging constantly and given the negativity bias that we acquire, we judge ourselves most harshly. So back to intention, we can actually adopt practices that bring us from these maladaptive negative Thoughts where we're sort of obsessed with the past and the future, and rewire our brains to bring ourselves into the present where happiness lives, yeah. and make our thoughts of the past and the future adaptive instead mm-hmm. of maladaptive, instead of going to shame and regret in the past. We can savor our memories and learn from our mistakes. Those are adaptive considerations of the past. But we tend to dwell well beyond that on negative things in the past. And the same with the future. We need to plan. To some degree, we need to look forward to happy moments with our families and our loved ones. Mm -hmm. But let's not go to fear and anxiety, which is our obsession with the future beyond the adaptive. And we can actually change the way we think.
0: Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I, I think no matter what age group you're in, we tend to go straight for the negative, whatever it is. And I love the gratitude being the first piece because often that is for myself. When I step back, I'm like, you know what? It's not so bad. And this recalls many years ago for me, I had this intense fear of flying. And one thing I decided to do once I got myself into an airplane is I once said to myself, you know what? what what's the worst that can happen i could die right so i stopped trying to push against the idea of i could die and just said let's just let's just go with it let me not push against it because what i was finding for me the more i kept trying to uh, the more it was getting stronghold over me when i stopped right. trying to push it away i said eh, it's here I mean, no that's
1: extremely important pushing away equals resistance
0: mm-hmm.
1: and resistance is the converse of acceptance and uh, I have a formula in my book, which is that suffering equals pain times resistance. You know, we love formulas in medicine, as exactly. in physics, and so on. Suffering equals pain times resistance. So you have a pain, like I lost my beautiful twenty-nine-year-old son three years ago, mm. and if I try to push it away or or resist thinking about it,
3: mm-hmm.
1: it magnitudes my suffering. It, it magnifies my suffering. Excuse me. So. Suffering equals pain times resistance. So acceptance is the converse. Yeah. Once we accept things, we, we, we feel that the suffering goes down, just as with your fear of flying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there's so many lessons here. I think one of the biggest things that I'm picking away that I think people can just take today is really start to look at where you can be grateful and, and then also start to look at what you might be resisting that if you turned it and switched it about, maybe stop resisting it, but let it come, deal with it. focus, look at it honestly. doesn't mean you don't acknowledge it. I like that you mentioned that too. It's not not acknowledging grief or pain or anger, but acknowledging it, but then going forward and going through it.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, with regard to intention, once we determine that there are things that are painful and uncomfortable that we we can change, we go to our intention. And people think that, well, when you're past 15 or you're past 30, you can't change the way you think anymore. You think the way you think. But that is absolutely untrue. Our brains remain plastic throughout adulthood. And one great illustration of that is a program at Duke University called Three Good Things. What they've shown in studying tens of thousands of people is that if we simply think of three good things that happen during the day before we go to sleep, Uh we sleep better and we become happier people. And that is such a simple and elegant example of how we can rewire our minds. And, you know, it's like training muscles. If you want to run a marathon, you're going to have to go stepwise, small steps, incrementally every day or whatever your your workout regimen is but it's going to require almost a daily practice and mm-hmm. so if we do three good things every night it's not even time consuming we can think of them as we're turning down the bed sheets
3: yeah so
1: to tonight the- i will think well it's a beautiful day i'm i'm you know i had a happy day it was lovely outside i just spent 10 minutes talking to my gardener Now I'm on this podcast with you, Christina, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I've got a friend coming over later on. So I'll think of these things when I go to sleep tonight, before I go to sleep. And I know that I'm gradually rewiring the way I think from this negativistic way we think to a more positive way of being. And this is leading to a happier version of myself.
0: Yes, and out of stress. (laughs) This has been fabulous, Dr. Greg uh, Hammer. I'm so grateful you joined us today. But I don't want us to leave without everyone finding out how they can find out more about you, get a copy of your book. How can they do that?
1: Sure. Well, my website is greghammermd.com, G-R-E-G-H-A-M-M-E-R-M-D.com. And that has links to lots of media. quotes, images, and so on. And uh, also a link to Amazon where uh, people can buy the book. There's a second book at the publisher. That one is going to be a shorter version and it's called Gain Without Pain, Your Happiness Handbook. So I've Ooh, like kind of reworked some of the stories that are about medicine and, mm-hmm. and made them more general and, and kind of pandemic related. So that one should be out uh, first of the year or so.
0: Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. We got to have you back to chat about that one. We'd love it. Yeah. Well, Greg, I just have to thank you again for coming to share your great wisdom today on Savvy Business. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Christina, for having me. It was my pleasure.
0: Take care.